Hi, I'm Agatha. And I'm Clemmy. And this is Culture Strike. Your weekly strike of culture. We're starting with general chat. So, um, Agatha, what are your goals for this podcast? Well, I think it's really important that we are we're sharing different interesting topics that people might not normally hear about in the news because the news is at the moment taken up with a lot of COVID stuff, the, all about the pandemic. Um, and I think it's really great that we're talking about interesting stuff that people can listen to um and not everyone will have the same opinion but um i think it's going to be quite interesting to just um sort of share our opinions and talk about how we feel about certain stuff um we can we'll be discussing like current affairs um obviously not just everything that's in the news at the moment um and feeling like connected um even though it's much harder to do that um in lockdown at the moment um also years later we'll be able to look back at this because it's such a like point in history right now um we'll be able to look back at it and think about all the different things we've been through and all the how how we managed it um and yeah um, how have you been staying connected with people in lockdown? Um, so I think that it's it's obviously been very hard to stay connected to people, but I mean you you've obviously do things like Zooms and like FaceTime calls, but um, I think that what's a better way to stay connected is to do more interesting things. So for example, um, something that you could do is find something you have in common with someone and then do it together. So um, I'm doing I'm doing like frequent drawing with someone who I know and I really find it that it's a really interesting way to stay connected and it gives you something to do. And I mean drawings are very, very like meditative thing. So it's also really great to um, like calm down and I mean this is like this is a very stressful time obviously so um yeah and so what have you been doing like to I don't know like keep keep you um sane um well I have been meeting my friend in different different friends in different parks two friends in particular and we've been well with one of my friends we we play football we run around um and my other friend we have been doing it for throughout the lockdowns um we've been meeting up to play tennis um and obviously the courts are shut now which does make it harder but um i think (laughs) last year um if i if someone had told me um if someone had offered to go and play tennis on the grass in the rain um i would have i would have found that ridiculous like why would you want to do that in your spare time but now i feel like 
that feels like something really special and that I'm lucky to be able to do. Um, have you had any interesting meals lately or, yeah, something out of the ordinary? So, um, not really. I mean, it's all been pretty normal, but we've been trying out new, like, chefs, I guess. So, there are um, some uh, shows, like cooking shows, that have been really interesting to watch. And you don't necessarily go on to make everything, but um, it's really fun to watch. And, yeah. And I also found it really interesting how you said... um, you're, you're, you find it. You find that you're very lucky to have um, to be able to play tennis. So I think that going outside, being active, is a really important thing. That um, I mean, obviously, I'm not a very active person. I don't really like playing sports or like running around and stuff. But I think that it's such an important thing to do. And although, like, when it's taken away from you, so when you when you I think that we've taken like being outside and stuff for granted but once it's like taken away from you you really start to realize how important it is and how um like beneficial it can be to go outside just to run around for like 10 minutes or something so um, i've been training my dog um and that's helped me to get outside help me to like do some running around and also have a lot of fun so have you been doing anything like other than tennis um that uh, has helped you kind of get outside and um well today i had a snowball fight with my friend at the park um because it snowed which i am so happy about because it the last time it snowed was i think 2018 maybe something like that but um that was amazing um i've been i've been going on some like long like hikes with my family before lockdown i um before christmas i um met my best friend for a hot chocolate um which was really nice and um obviously we can't meet up with people as much now because of lockdown but um i think it's really special even to just be able to go for a walk or something um and um, we, yeah, like you were saying, we really didn't realise that that was such a special thing last year. Um, have you done anything fun this week? Um, so this week, uh, I've been doing. I've been doing remote learning, and I find that that's a really. I mean, it's a really difficult thing because. Um, you're so used like all your life you've been going to school you've been single you've been surrounded by like the people you love so it's obviously very very difficult to kind of go away from that and to have something that you've never like really experienced before and um and go to do this like when you're literally isolated on your own and uh, but the thing is obviously you have done it before in the summer and it kind of feels like back to something that wasn't very enjoyable but i think it's really important that you find ways to make it enjoyable so um for me what i'm doing is in my breaks i'm either going outside getting some fresh air or i'm speaking to my friends and i think making like a task like doing homework or something to to make that like 
enjoyable. I think it's really important that you are happy and that you like enjoy it. So I call my friends to do homework, that kind of stuff. I, that's just like super, super simple ways to make it feel, I think, so much better. It's obviously very important to keep your mental health good in this um, in these times. But um, so yeah, that, I mean, it's really important to uh, like continue speaking to people because otherwise you get these like connections that you've built up and they just disappear. Um, but yeah. Yeah, have you been reading any, like, good books or anything, like, entertainment-wise? Well, um, I have actually... I've, I've been reading a book that is, um... Slight... It's... It's it's by an author I used to read when I was slightly um, younger, but I it is... <laughs> it's really nice to be able to come to back, back to an author you find sort of familiar. Um, it's... The Good Thieves by Catherine Rundle, um, which and it's um, it's got um, a slightly um, childish cover, um, and it but the book is amazing. Um, you can the the way it's told, her writing is just amazing. She's so creative. Um, Rundle, Rundell, um, but it's about a girl called Vita um, and her grandfather's cheated out of everything he owns and um, she takes, she meets these three other children and they go um, on an adventure um, across New York to try and get it, get, reclaim the um, fortune. Also, um, I got, because my, um, it's my birthday coming up. My um, friend, she got me a book. I can't remember what it's called. Um, the something broken things. But um, I've only read a page or two, but it's really good. I will find out what the name is and who it's by. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a, it seems like a great book as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, like, books is very, very, obviously very important to, like, read good things, and I think it's very important to read what you like. Um, recently I've been quite scattered with what I'm reading, so I've read, like, a a couple of pages of one book, not really liked it, put it down, and read the next one, so I think that, I think that, like, it's a very controversial thing that, that, um, should you be allowed to stop halfway through and i think yes, yes because yes. i think words, like it's not i i just think it's not worth i mean reading's meant to be something that's really really like beneficial um important and fun most importantly and i think that to make it fun you've got to read stuff you like and i think it's completely okay to not like a book so yeah i've just been um i've read a little bit of Agatha Christie, a bit of some other authors, and I've, um, and I think, I think I've settled on, uh, this, this book that is the third one in the series, and I've loved all of the other ones, so I'm very happy with that, and yeah, I'm going to continue reading it. Um, that's great, should we, um, we'll finish up general chat there, um, and next we will be doing debate of the week.
Um, now we will be doing debate of the week. Today we will be debating um, the point that classical literature and Shakespeare are too old and should not be taught in modern schools. Uh, I, Clemmy will be arguing for this and I will be arguing against. Um, first I'd just like to say that in our debates we take opposing points of views and this is only to demonstrate the different ideas and points of views that can be taken on to do with the motion um, and this may not be what we actually think and I just really like it if you would keep that in mind while you listen um, this may not be what we actually think we just do it for the benefit of the uh, listeners so I'm going to be arguing for this motion and I'm going to be arguing that people should study modern literature instead of classical literature at schools and first I'd like to define the motion so I think that this motion means that students wouldn't study Shakespeare, they would study um, Anne Digby or Enid Blyton. And the room for interpretation comes in when um, when you define modern. So I've gone for um, authors who would be, who are writing in around the mid 20th century. And I think that that's what counts as modern. My first point is that modern literature is a lot more relevant. So studying literature, it's about educating people, it's about um, it's about telling people what they can do and how they can help the community. And I think it's really important to educate relevantly. So why would they need old literature? It's old and it doesn't tell them anything but the old ways of doing things. And they have lots of other subjects that will cover how it came to be about and um, and old ways of doing things. There's like history, I guess in religious education, you'd find out about um, how like creation stories and things like that. Um, so yeah, they have other subjects to teach them about the old ways of doing things. My second point is um, that they have old themes. So they have themes that will do nothing to help the students. And if anything, they'll make the students less set up for a successful life. Um, for example, they'll include themes like racism, sexism, and prejudice against the LGBTQ community. That's a really horrible way to educate, um, because even if they do acknowledge that like these these pieces of literature are um, do have some of those themes in them, usually you study things because the author or the piece itself is notable and. Um, I don't think it's very good. You want to set up these uh, people up to become like incredible, successful people, and I don't think this is a very good way to do that. And finally, new literature indicates moving forward. So literature represents what the world is. The world is moving forward, and so should literature. We should be telling people about how we can move forward, not about how we got in the problem we are in. And there are lots of problems that need to be solved. And the power of words, it's a very strong, it's a very strong thing. And I'm arguing that it should be used in a good way. And that good way of being to teach modern literature instead of classical literature. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. That was, that was, there were some great points there. Um, first, I'd just like to apologise if um if you could hear my sister because she came in just for a second there to show me um 
a box that she was wearing on her head um, to pretend to be a robot. But um, sorry if you heard a bit of that. Um, now, I will be arguing um, against this motion so that classical literature um, should be taught in modern schools. So first I'd like to say that classical literature has a huge impact on our lives today. It's part of our culture. Um, doesn't really matter where in the world you are. I think most, almost all countries have uh, some classical literature that make up part of their history and their identity. Um, taking Shakespeare as an example, um, sayings, quotes and like metaphors from his books are commonly used in the modern day. Um, Shakespeare's characters and his stories are sort of for all time um, and his plays allows, allow us to, um, I quote, see ourselves anew. Children today can connect on stage with his words and on the page because his themes are universal and timeless. Interpretations of Shakespeare's plays are incorporated into the daily life. Um, my second point is the plays that he's written give students a better understanding of the original English language before it was manipulated by the later centuries, uh, which again, um, mentioning culture is sort of part of our identity, um, who we are, and um, not just with Shakespeare, there are lots of um, famous authors from other countries who I think because their works are so amazing, we shouldn't just forget and move on. And um, I agree that there are loads of amazing modern writers, but I think that um, it's important that we don't forget these classical writers because they are they make up part of us. Um, on your point about sexism, racism, uh, and just in general prejudice against people, I think that um, although these things were really awful, uh, taking sexism as an example, um, I think girls reading these older um, books will sort of understand how far we've come. Um, they're huge steps that we've taken since then. And personally, I find it... Um, quite interesting reading like books that express certain opinions that may be like that these days would be offensive to me or other people that I know um and I think that even though these opinions are awful and untrue I think um it's a part of understanding the past um because we we need we can't just sort of live our lives pretending that these things didn't happen um, and yeah, um, thank you. Um, we'd just like to remind you again that these opinions that we have uh, expressed today may not be um, our actual opinions, um, and we may believe something different, um, and it is just for the purpose of the debate. Our literature section. Today, Agatha will be talking about a novel that she's been working on about three characters who have interconnected lives. Um, before we start, if you would like to find out 
uh, more about the novel, then do email us and we can answer any questions that you have. Um, but over to you, Agatha, could you tell us a bit about um, the novel? Um, so I have been, I, I, um, I actually um, wrote the start of this a while ago and I came back to it recently um, and I've started doing it again. It's not very like complete or polished, uh, but it's, um, I think it's got quite an interesting story going, which I've worked quite hard on. Um, so it's about uh, these three different, three children, Ollie, Anya and Georgia. Um, and their different lives um, and they've all got sort of different things going on in their life um, yeah that sounds very very cool could you tell us more about the uh, characters and what uh, binds them together um, so Ollie uh, his dad died in a gymnastics accident um he was a gymnast and although ollie does do gymnastics uh his mum is really traumatized by the dad's death and she is very overprotective she is um she keeps ollie away from any high places in case he might fall um which is actually the title of the book fall uh and ollie's sort of grown up with this like sort of innocent um, terror. He doesn't understand what happened to his dad. He doesn't know anything about him. His mum sort of treats it like nothing happened. She never wants to talk about it. Um, and Ollie just has to deal with that. Uh, so, and it's a, sort of, yeah, just about him and how he overcomes his fear of heights. So then Anya is the link between the three characters. And um, she is sort of she um, struggles to be herself at school. There's more complicated stuff going on in her life. Her mum is quite poor. They um, they they struggle quite a lot. But um, it's sort of um, she is the link between Georgia and Ollie. So Georgia is Anya's best friend, but over the years they've sort of grown apart. Um, and they're like the all these characters are like 13, 14 now. Um, and Anya's not as close with Georgia as she once was. Um, and Georgia is has like proper, um, really big family issues at home. So her mum is pregnant. Uh, her dad has a heart attack. Um, she has to she and she she has to learn how to be independent and like look after them. Um, and. I think for Georgia, she doesn't really have a friend to support her through this. So Anya and her sort of build up their relationship again. Um, as and Anya's also friends with Ollie. Um, Georgia and Ollie know each other, but they're not. Anya is the connection. I wouldn't say any of the characters are main though. I think they're all equal. Um, I think that sounds uh, very very good, and um. I think the the characters are so different but yet similar and that's what I think makes um, will make this novel interesting. So I'd really love if you could read a bit of it out for us. Would that be possible? Uh, yes, so uh, I have two extracts 
So one is from chapter two, and these chapters, each of them is told from a different character's perspective. So this one is told from Ollie's perspective. Um, and it is sort of just an introduction to the story. It's in first person present, and it's just about um, his daily life before he meets like Anya and Georgia and everyone else in the story. Mum doesn't like to talk about him. After he died, she put away all the photos. And when I ask why, her eyes turn sad and stormy like the ocean. I have one photo, though. There's a loose floorboard under my bed. I lift it up sometimes and take out the photo. It's old and crumpled, but it's all I have. It's not even a whole photo. It's torn down the centre, but I don't care, because it's like a piece of my dad. The dad I barely ever knew. In my photo, he's standing on a podium in some competition, facing the roaring crowd, the back of his neck glistening with sweat. But I don't need to see his face to imagine what he was like. Occasionally, though, I wish I could see him smile or laugh or even just a photo, which is why I love going to Grandma's house. I don't see her very often, and she always comes over to our house when I do, but the few times me and Mum drive across London to her top-floor apartment that always smells of tea leaves and lavender, it feels like I'm in a whole different world. He's everywhere. On the mantelpiece, on the shelves, behind the TV. When 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 Grandma opens the door, her, her dark skin crinkles in a smile at, at, the, at the sign of my face. Come in, she says. I see see mum wince with pain as we walk in, but she quickly hides it with a smile. She acts like nothing happened, like dad's didn't die, like he's still there, but she never talks about him. Her eyes shine with with a fake smile as she glances around the room. What seem like millions of photos of him line their shelves. Right, she says, putting down her bag shakily. Are we having tea or not? But she's lying. I don't understand. She never told me anything. Why would she lie? There's something she isn't telling me, something I don't know. And I know it all has to do with my dad and the night he died. So that was my first extract. Um, And uh, my second one... Uh, is from the much further to the end of the story and it is about it's well it's from the perspective of Anya and this is sort of uh, the it's at the point where the story is sort of climaxing and it's very it's quite close to the end um, but uh, I'm, I'm not actually going to be reading anything from George's perspective today um, which is a shame but I think this extract that I'm going to read is quite interesting um, and it sort of shows you the relationship between Anya and Ollie and um, yeah I can't sleep thoughts run around my head so many thoughts things that have been said things that I've said to Georgia to Ollie things people have said to me It's like the whole world is spinning. Everything that's happened to Ollie, to Georgia, I wasn't there for her when she needed me most. I couldn't help. And Ollie, he won't let me in. He won't let me understand, but he wants me to help. I can tell he needs it. And then it's the words of Coach John that haunt my mind most. As I lie in my tent, I can see his face right right in front of me. 
every, every gymnast must fall. Every gymnast, every gymnast must fall. It doesn't make sense. And then our teacher's words as she as she marched us up the cliff last night. Step away from the edge. Step away from the edge. This fall could kill you. Not even a trained acrobat could master this. No one could survive it. Which is why I thought he was up there. I could... I think... If I can feel that he is. I don't know. He, he didn't tell me anything, but why would he? I have to be sure. I unzip my tent and crawl out. I'll... I decide to check he's there. He should be. I'm just imagining things, probably. He'll, he'll be right there, in his tent, sleeping. Like, he should be. I go to his tent, and, off, and after whispering, I unzip it. But it's empty. No one's in there. Matt's gone, and so is Ollie. But Matt isn't... But I, ca I can't think about Matt right now. It's Ollie that I need to worry about because I know where he is. Every gymnast must fall, must fall, must fall. I, 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 I rubbed the palms of my hands against my eyes. Don't cry, Anya, don't cry. If I'm, if I'm quick, I can probably get there in time, probably. I grab George's bike and cycle up the path to the cliff. Tears stream down my face as as the um as the twigs crunch below the bicycle tires. And finally at the top, after screaming and crying and cutting my legs against the branches. But I'm there, and he's there, just like I knew he would be, standing there, his green eyes flashing as the sun begins to rise in the as the sun begins to rise. Anya, he says. Ollie, you don't want to do this. Step away, step away from the edge. He turns around, looking at the edge below him. He starts to step towards me, but the cliff below him collapses as he falls and falls. He doesn't scream, but he falls. So that was that extract. Um, I skipped a bit in the middle there where Anya is going up the... Um, cliff um but yeah i'm utterly um speechless i think that is just excellent excellent writing i think you've done such a good job there on really conveying the characters and excellent choice of extracts as well um i've really got an idea in my head of the type of writing which is incredible writing that we'll get and i think the writing is very poetic yet relatable and attainable and i just think it's it's very very good um so what tips would you give to people who want to write like that or write in that way um well i would just say what uh, write about something that is sort of understandable believable or relatable um and I think um, research is quite important. So, uh, because this is quite based around gymnastics, Ollie's story, I did quite a lot of research into that before um, writing this. 
Um, but I also think just take inspiration from everything around you because like anything you see you can have a story if you decide to give it one um i think it's really important that even if you're if you're reading something in your head or reading it out loud or to a friend and you don't like the sound of it just remember you can change it you can rewrite bits and for personally i always think um when i'm reading my stories that they sound worse than they actually are um but i just think take inspiration from everything around you um and write something that you can understand or you that you find believable or relatable i think those are excellent tips and i'll definitely be using them um i think that your writing is very very it's very good i think that you've really taken the reader to the scene to where it's all happening and you've really conveyed that um, imagery and also feelings and um, what's going on inside their heads and I think it's it's very it's excellent um, if you do want to find out more about the um, novel please do email us at Little We Studio um, but before we end the literature section I'd really like for Agatha to tell us bit about her process of writing and how she comes up with her ideas and things like that um so i sort of um i know a lot of people like to do like plan stuff out on paper write storyboards story mountains story maps um but i think i find that stuff quite tedious personally um like planning a story and i sort of do it in my head there i so i get often i see something and i have like a small idea in my head which i develop and it's it's often not even the start of the story so i find an idea which will end up being in the middle of my story and that story will sort of grow around it um and it's not always very clear in my head but then when i start to write it um not even a plan just like a first draft I think that sort of flows, um, but I know I know have, I have quite a few friends who have written amazing stuff and do use like story, story maps, storylines, and stuff like that. So I think I mean whatever suits you. But personally, I like to form a story in my head from something I will see, um, and then just it it will grow. I'll work around it. Um, but I think whatever your personal writing style is, there are, I mean, there are so many out there. Uh, if you have a favourite book, um, maybe like do some research into that author, um, how they write. Because, I mean, every every book has start, started somewhere. They're all, they all started as just an idea in someone's head. Um, and even like something you, know, you don't think would work or that's like a really small idea can become a story. Um, those are really useful and interesting tips that I think will really help um, all of uh, the listeners who are hoping to write a story. So thank you very much for that. And um, yeah, we hope you liked the literature section. Thank you.
Welcome to our Over to You section of Culture Strike. Today we will be discussing strikes and our new poetry competition. In our interactive section, we will give you an opportunity to discuss what poetry means to you in a new competition that you can enter. Just email us with your entry by the 20th of March and you could be in for a chance to win a fantastic prize. Appearing on the podcast, talking about your poem, plus a private video call with authors to discuss writing and the art of literature. Please, please, please enter. This could this could also give you a chance to win your um, your super fan strike and your culture strike. The, the, the rules for the poetry competition are only this: um, your poem may be no longer than five hundred words, uh, and it must be about uh, what literature means to you. Any sort of poem is acceptable. We're we're really looking forward to receiving your entries. And the deadline is the 20th of March, which gives you about a month to enter. So we're very, very excited. And we hope you are too. Next, we'll be talking about strikes. So strikes are essentially a prize for being an awesome Culture Strike fan. So if you're a big Culture Strike fan and want to appear in an episode, a strike is the perfect thing for you. And you can earn different types of strikes and they vary in difficulty. So this is the different types of strikes from easiest to most difficult. So the first one is the bronze strike, the super fan strike, the silver strike, the gold strike and the culture strike. And we might add more more strikes as um, the the podcast goes on. So this is how to earn your strike. So for the bronze strike, you want to do something creative in your own time. For the silver strike, uh, you want to show us that you have a passion for all things culture by sending in an artwork, photo, model or video or anything that you think could earn you the strike. For your super fan strike, you want to subscribe three times in a row and respond to your virtual fun packages. And for the gold strike, you have appeared on the show more than once speaking about something that you have a passion for and the cult and for the culture strike you've earned the bronze silver and gold strike but want to go one step further show us that you're the ultimate lover of culture be creative and do something different if you want any more information um, on those strikes just uh, head to our website <laughs> Um, so yeah, to apply for any strike, you just got to send in what's necessary, along with your name and address, so we can post your badge to you, which is the prize for getting a strike, as well as your name being read out in the podcast. So uh, yeah, we're hoping to get lots of applications. Um, we will put those um, the, all the information you need to apply for your strike in the description um and also if you do get a strike we will give you a shout out right here on the podcast thank you very much for listening to this episode of culture strike we really hope you enjoyed all of our sections and we'll be back next week with some more awesome content for you so thank you very much and have a good week see you next time bye bye